If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A warmer from Evo. Welcome to Love You Las Vegas with Jessica Seeps with myself, Greg Ibs Peterson. Now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you. We've got a nice, simple two-parter today as we're going to be joined in segment number two by Tristan Freeman. He does great work over at Bustin Brackets. We're going to be taking a look at really the landscape of college sports because we do have a lot of realignment that is going to be going on. We're going to be speculating a little bit as to those final Pac-12 teams that are still remaining. We know that Cal and Stanford are currently in talks with the ACC, so diving in a little bit more there. And could there be a trickle-down effect? Because right now we've been taking a look at these Power 6 teams with regards to realignment, but could this be a case where we do see a few teams get poached from like the American as SMU's name is getting thrown out there right now. Could we be seeing Memphis perhaps being on the move as well? And will this have an effect this year as well with regards to players perhaps deciding, you know what, the travel has become a little bit too much. We're going to be going into the portal, something like that. So we're going to be diving in on that front. We're also going to be talking with him about some of these foreign trips that we are seeing and why sometimes in college basketball, no news is good news when it comes to taking a look at these teams. So we're going to be discussing that in segment number two. Here in segment number one, we really did not get in a lot with regards to college basketball news and notes, but we did see one notable move. I am going to be getting you guys caught up on that. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters here. They mean it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. The one piece of news that we really did see from Tuesday is the fact that Alexis Yetna, he was over at Seton Hall. He has decided that he is going to be heading on over to the Stags. He is going to be in the Metro Atlantic playing for Fairfield, which I think is a very interesting move as Fairfield may have been, shall we say, a team that has not been able to get out of their own way in the Metro Atlantic in the last few years. They've got a system under Jay Young in which they're one of the slowest teams in all of college basketball. But me, you may recall, Yetna began his career over at South Florida, a team that, while he was there, they were one of the more defense-oriented and one of the slower teams in all of college basketball. That's when he had a lot of success as a freshman over at South Florida. He was able to put up a double-figure amount of points in for Fairfield. They were in dire need of being able to get some uh, pieces in via the transfer portal. They also bring in Brima Sek. 
He's a six foot eleven gentleman from New Mexico, but really did not see a lot of playing time. Uh, Luis Bleachmore, who comes in from uh, St. Joe's, he's going to be able to give a little bit of an impact, in my opinion, as well. But looking at Yenna, this is just absolutely massive for a bunch that they just have not had a primary score the last few seasons. For Yetna, he missed the 2022-23 season due to injury. Two seasons ago, he was at Seton Hall. He was able to put up right around eight points per contest. Has seen a fall off with his three-point shooting since his first year, the 2018-19 season. That year at South Florida, he had that Mondo year where he had 12.5 points, 9.6 boards, shot 37% from three-point range as a six-foot-eight, do-it-all sort of combo player. That year at Seton Hall a few seasons ago, only was able to shoot about 23% from three, but you do want to note as well, he has spent two out of the last four years injured, as he also missed the 2019-20 season due to injury as well, so a little bit fragile, but no doubt, that is a big ad for Fairfield, and that is a big ad for a Metro Atlantic in which if you heard my Metro Atlantic Conference preview a few weeks ago, you know that there's a lot of good, talented players that may decide to leave the conference in the offseason, making things very, very murky. So a good gift for Fairfield and always a good gift for us getting on this podcast, Tristan Freeman, who does amazing work over at Boston Brackets coming up next. We're going to be talking to him about all this realignment. We're going to be diving in on some of the new players that have entered in the transfer portal as well, as a lot of them have been guards. How difficult is it for some of these guards to be able to acclimate with the new systems laid? And we're obviously going to be talking about realignment as well. That's up next right here on Kuskus with myself, David Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. And we're back here above Las Vegas for Guest Guessing with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man. It's Tristan Freeman. He does absolutely tremendous work over at Bus and Brackets as a part of fan It's college basketball coverage. He does a nice job taking a look at things all across the nation, but I know that he is based out there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, doing a nice job taking a look at, obviously, the Panthers, taking a look at Duquesne, all the teams out there in that area. So he does a tremendous job on that front. And much like realignment is very strange, it's very strange to say that you can find him on X rather than Twitter, but you're able to find him on X at Hoopsup351 altogether. And Tristan, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me, Greg. Appreciate it. I appreciate you, Tristan. And Tristan, obviously, there is a lot of intrigue right now going down in college basketball, just all of college sports in general. With regards to realignment, the Big Ten is going to be having 18 teams next season. The Big 12, they've expanded as well. The ACC is looking into bringing in like Stanford, what have you, and they're looking to retain Florida State. That's something that's going on, as a matter of fact, as we do this podcast. But how do you view realignment as a whole? And do you think that there could be some effects just immediately this year, even before these teams join their new respective conferences? It's hard to say that there will be an effect this year, considering that there's going to be a whole bunch of turnover, whether it be a one-and-dones, outgoing transfers, or whatever. So I doubt there's going to be much of an impact this year. But I would look at the class of 2024, guys, because now you have the Big 12 16 teams with, with, a, with a couple of juggernauts coming in now, including Arizona. How does a program like Cincinnati look? How are they going to recruit? knowing that people are going to look at them as a clear bottom half team in the league. That's going to be a tough part because as great as the revenue is going to be for all the teams in the Big 12 and the Big 10, someone has to finish at the bottom. And now you're going to be at a spot where once you're at the bottom, it's going to be even harder to move up because the top five or six spots are going to be taken by the consistent powerhouses of those leagues. That's something that I'm looking forward to that there's going to be a clear tier list. And some of these teams that are moving, Oregon, UCLA could be okay in the Big Ten, but how is Washington? Could be a team that could really struggle, especially 
if the schedule and the impact of travel has any negative effect once they move a year from now. Yep, I do think that that is so intriguing. And I know that we're obviously looking at a lot of these bigger schools because right now the main teams of intrigue are those four remaining Pac-12 teams. What do they do? Because I know that there's talks of Cal and Stanford perhaps joining the ACC, which that would be some travel to say the least, going from Virginia and going over to Cal Berkeley. That would be a fascinating road trip to say the least. But I do think that it is interesting to take a look at some of these teams outside of maybe your traditional Power 5, in the case of college basketball, Power 6, because I know that SMU is a team that is popping up as well. Do you think that we could have a little bit of a trickle-down effect to where there are more of these schools, like an SMU, like maybe like a Memphis, for example, that they get on on some of these stocks as well? Because I feel like it's been mostly mostly centered around poaching the Pac-12 teams, but I do think that there might be a trickle-down effect coming sooner rather than later, too. I think all eyes, when it comes to realignment, is going to be on what Florida State and Clemson does next. They have a week until the August 15th deadline to leave and be able to join next year but i think for those who don't know you know the the grand rights has them locked in for 2036 and those teams can't leave freely like we've seen from the pac-12 and other schools so if those programs are stuck in the acc then the league may add one or two teams to sort of make themselves more appealing and likely to protect themselves from the conferences trying to poach them but outside of Cal and Stanford and potentially SMU, if ACC can get them for cheap, it's hard to see what other pieces can go on. I'm not sure what the Pac-12 is going to do because all they really have left is a name. And they can't get any Mountain West teams because they're locked in for another two years. And the AAC doesn't really have a lot of appeal and programs, especially those further in the East. Like that, the, the travel is going to be a nightmare for these situations, but... Again, unless Stanford opts to go independent, it's hard to see what the viable option for them is now. Yeah, there's so much intrigue that is going to be happening, and we have seen it in the past. If we there is a little bit of triple down effect, sometimes these teams they get barred from their conference tournaments as well, and I do think that that is a part of it to be taking a look at as well. If this does continue as well as joining me on the show, we do have Tristan Freeman. He does tremendous work over at Bus and Brackets, and he's joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops. And the one thing that I do take a look at for this year is perhaps guys deciding to transfer out of a respective school if maybe they were hoping for a little bit less travel. Because as we know, with these schools like Washington, like Oregon, they're going to be having to travel all over the place for next season. Now, I do recognize that the transfer portal period for the one-time guys that has come and gone, but do you think that there might be some guys, whether that be this year, whether that be next year, that they decide to just hop into the portal because they were thinking, I was hoping to have my friends and family be able to watch me, and now they're not going to be able to do so if they are part of these schools that they are a part of realignment, and now they're having to go on just 1,000-mile road trips for every one of their road games. Well, the problem with that is if we look at the West Coast athletes, what are options are they going to have? So if they're not, you know, happy with Washington and Oregon now going to the Big Ten, what are the other options? Are they willing to go to the Mountain West? Are they willing to go to WCC? If these are power conference level athletes, they're either going to have to deal with the travel issues by remotely staying home, at least for home games, or just go to the Big 12 and Big 10 anyways and, and automatically be away from home. So I'm not sure what are the necessary options for summer. And we saw a Washington State player reopen his recruitment site the travel issues, but he's a three-star guy. So if he goes to the wrong place anyway and gets 
over-recruited in the portal, it wouldn't be surprised if he decided to decommit anyway. And we're just going to see a lot of those guys do that as long as there's the COVID year seniors because there's going to be a whole bunch of grad transfers once again available in the portal. So I think that ultimately washes itself out, but it will be a factor for some of the more West Coast prospects out there. Yeah, I think that that's such an interesting part of everything that is going to be going down and something that I'm going to be watching out for as well because we always take a look at these athletes and we take a look at what they do on the court, but we sometimes forget that these are human beings that they want to be playing in front of their friends and family as well. So there's a lot of factors that go into realignment as Tristan Freeman, who does tremendous work over at Buster Brackets, is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Heaps. And for a lot of these guys that are currently playing in college basketball, they are quite a ways away from friends and family because as we know right now, there's a lot of foreign tours going on. I know that a lot of SEC schools are currently going through these. Obviously, we heard about the one with Kentucky over at the Global Jam a few weeks ago, Mississippi State. I don't know if they are just wrapping up theirs or if they did a few days ago, but I know that they had quite a bit of one as well. We're seeing Kansas taking one as of right now as well. What have you been making of these foreign tours? And have there been any players or any teams that have been keeping your eye as what they have slash have not been doing with regards to these foreign tours? Yeah, I think one team to watch is Illinois, especially with the decision they made to not get a true point guard out the portal. So it's basically Ty Rogers and Dre gibbs Lawhorn, the freshman. In the first game, Rogers was fairly pedestrian overall. The team couldn't shoot, so it's hard to get its assists anywhere. And Lawhorn played around 11 minutes. So it almost feels like they're begging for it to be the, the Terrence Shannon show once again. But who knows, because there's still a couple of ball handlers out in the portal, including Mike Meadows and Quez Glover, who left BYU. So maybe some of these uh, preseason exhibition games could have the coaching staff opt to want to see what's left out there in the portal to, to try to fill some holes. So that's probably something to potentially look at to see some of the preseason storylines sort of work and who who excels and where some of the weaknesses still lie. And I do think that that is such an interesting point that you bring up as well because we have seen a few guys late enter into the transfer portal. And what do you make out of some of these late additions? Because Quest Glover, as we know, he was over at Sanford actually last year, went to BYU, Decide, you know what, I am not going to go to BYU anymore. He opens up his recruitment. Mike Meadows is someone that's out there as well. And I find it very interesting that these are both guards because I do think that when you bring in a transfer late, and I would call it July or later, I think that that's a good line of demarcation. I do think that's a little bit more difficult for guards rather than forwards because trying to get down the offense, trying to have a rapport, trying to be able to do off the ball, I think that that's a little bit more difficult than being down on the block, grabbing rebounds, and just trying to post up. Yeah, I think in that situation, the good news for teams going through that is that there's honestly so many, either with senior transfers or freshmen now that are running the offenses brand new, that there's going to be adjustment period for everyone in November. One factor that that still remains is NIL, because there's rumors that with those two guys, lack of NIL, so to speak, compared to what was potentially promised to them not coming to fruition, is why they're in the portal. So who knows? That could be something to watch for next few weeks is which guys are actually getting the NIL they are promised and who isn't. And that can allow people to go into the portal because there's still power conference teams that have needs out there. Although what you're also seeing is, and and UCLA is a good example, the international route is opening up more than ever because now players are able to get paid. So you've seen a lot of foreign guys come over that maybe wouldn't have in the past 
and that could be how teams ultimately fill out their rosters. Yep, you bring up such a good point there as we've been seeing more and more international guys coming in as well. I know that Kentucky landed a gentleman that is seven foot two over the last week or two as well. So that was able to help them bulk up. And for UCLA, they're a team that they certainly have went through the international channels as well to be able to bring in some guys as well. So I do think that that is something to watch out for as Tristan Freeman, who does amazing work over at Boston Brackets, is joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops. And Tristan, I know you're doing an absolutely tremendous job of getting set for the upcoming season as well. And I know you're hard at work doing a great job with regards to a lot of your team and conference previews. In the last few weeks since you last joined me, is there a team or two that maybe you've dove into and you think, all right, I'm either feeling a little bit more stock up or stock down on them since you were able to take more of a look at them? Honestly, not really, only because the more information you get and the more you talk to people, it's some teams that people are higher on and some aren't, and it sometimes make you feel insecure about them. Like, I haven't been too high on Memphis in their offseason pickups, but Jaquan Walton, the late pickup they got that was a former Alabama and UCF commit, has looked outstanding. He could potentially be a lead and score for them, almost in the same way that Ricky Council was who go into Arkansas. They could be a team that I, I might be a little more down on, but ultimately we're going to have to wait on DeAndre Williams and his waiver that he's looking to get from the NCAA, and we still haven't heard from that. And that might be a last-minute decision to find out how good Memphis is because he's one of the best forwards in the country, and Memphis has him with everyone else they have. They might be a top-15 team next season. And for DeAndre Williams, he could also help out the team because he's old enough to be able to rent the rental car as well. So that would be also very helpful on some of those road trips as well. As It just is absolutely maddening to take a look at that. How much is it a case as well? Because you just alluded to it. There aren't a lot of teams that you've really been changing your tune on recently. That How much of it is a case where no news is good news? Like a team like a Marquette that really hasn't brought in anything by the transfer portal. I think that they may be brought in a guy or two late with regards to the recruiting process. But we haven't seen them really take a lot of losses. But they haven't really picked up a lot of guys. Obviously, a team like Florida Atlantic, they're bringing back darn near everyone. Sands Michael Forrest from last season. Purdue has not had a lot of roster turnover. How much with teams like that is it a case where it's good news, the fact that there is no news? It's great for teams that won 30 games last year and returned almost their entire rosters. I mean, content-wise, it's boring to think about FAU and Marquette, but they did what they had to do, which was return all the talent and not take any portal hits. They're going to be locked in as top 10, top 15 teams for next season. It's all the others that have the transfers coming in and out where you just have no idea how the rosters are ultimately going to look. And it's exciting, but at the same time, you don't really want to keep flip-flopping on how you feel about them because we still got a couple of months left before the season even starts. And ultimately, we're just going to have to wait till November to see how they play out on the court. Yep, absolutely. We have been seeing a lot of teams in which it's been stock up, stock down on them. And I mean, we just mentioned it. The fact that we do have some guys that are entering in the transfer portal as well. Jerron Coleman entered in a few days ago, deciding to go into Nebraska. We see Quez Glover still without a school as of right now as well. The list goes on and on. So I do think that these teams that they're able to have the security of not having to go through a whole bunch of changes, a whole bunch of moving parts, 
that's very good for them. And one thing that we know is a constant as well is the fact that you, Tristan, are going to continue to do tremendous work. You do amazing work over there at Buster Brackets. You do a nice job taking a look at the Pittsburgh basketball landscape, but you really do a great job nationwide as well. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, you can follow me at x slash Twitter at Hoopsnet351 and also at Buster Brackets. And we're now looking at the sort of evaluating all the transfers now that 99% of it's done. And then starting September, it's going to be full-time preseason mode. Absolutely. It is starting to get to be team preview and conference preview season. Tristan is getting geared up for the season. He wants tremendous insights with regards to the game of college basketball, one of the hardest-working men that you're going to find covering this great sport. And every single time he joins this podcast, one's great insights. A big thanks to Tristan for joining me on Coast Coast Hoops, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this time podcast, Coast Coast Hoops, be able to subscribe wherever you your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. If you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one or two ways to be able to those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at Gina underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other way, that is fine an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. Tristan just mentioned it a second ago. Most of the transfer portal moves, most of the just general player movement, that is all in the book. So we're starting to do more and more conference previews. The Ohio Valley Conference and the NEC is up next for me. Most likely the Ohio Valley Conference a little bit before the NEC, but those should all be done within the next 10 or so days. And then we're on to the Patriot League, the Summit League, the Southland. So we've got a lot coming up on the podcast with regards to these conference previews. And I'm with you guys every single day on this podcast, taking a look at all the happenings and getting you set for what is going to be a tremendous season as once we hit that season, picks and analysis are coming on every single game, every single day. So appreciate tuning in today. I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.